Welcome to the Badass Lightworker Podcast. My name is Ella Sang, and I'm a spiritual life and business coach, master manifester, and lover of all things woo. If you are a spiritual entrepreneur or leader looking to own your purpose and truth to make massive impact in this world, then you've found the right place. It is my mission to empower badass, ambitious lightworkers to embrace their soul purpose, shine their light online with confidence, and manifest their most soul-aligned business in life. You deserve to create your dream reality, and this podcast will give you all the spirituality manifestation, mindset, and business tools to make it happen. Get ready to raise your vibration big time and to raise the vibration of this entire planet with your light. You with me? What is up, Badass Lightworkers? Welcome back to the Badass Lightworker Podcast. And if it's your first time here, Welcome, please come have a seat and join in the fun. My name is Ella and I'm the host of this podcast and I'm a spiritual life and business transformation coach. It is my absolute sole purpose to empower badass lightworkers like yourself to connect to soul, expand your consciousness, reprogram your subconscious mind for success and manifest your most lit up life and business using the powerful modalities of NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, kundalini yoga and technology and energetic alchemy. So goodness, you guys, the last week has been absolutely crazy. But especially the last three, four days, it has been absolutely amazing because I was in my Kundalini teacher training. And so you can probably imagine what doing 22 hours of Kundalini yoga is going to do for your soul. So it was really cool because I also decided to take up the challenge, go into the studio at 5 a.m. on Saturday to do my morning sadhana spiritual Kundalini practice and that was absolutely mind-blowing like it just really sets you up for success for the day when you wake up early you commit and you show up to that practice and goodness like there's just so much that i want to talk about when it comes to kundalini and i am definitely going to be doing more episodes when it comes to that but something that i want to share with you guys before i dive into today's interview is this little epiphany moment that I had when I was lying on my yoga mat this weekend after a kundalini kriya, which is essentially a series of postures that we do for a specific purpose. And I was lying there literally smiling on my mat like a crazy person for no reason, right? Nothing in particular had happened aside from me just doing kundalini yoga, but I was smiling so much. And as I was listening to the kundalini music playing, I started crying i started crying tears of joy for absolutely no reason and in that moment i firsthand witnessed again the power that we have to feel good without relying on external circumstances that feeling of pure bliss and joy came from me reconnecting to my soul came from me connecting to my body to my breath and really just tuning into myself and it was just such a mind-blowing moment because In my mind, I was like, if everybody knew this and more people could practice this on a daily basis, how much better of a world would we be living in? A world where we don't need to rely on things outside of us to make us happy. We don't have to rely on hitting this goal, getting this promotion, getting in this relationship, getting this house, making this amount of money to feel that bliss and joy. And the coolest thing about being able to control and to create this kind of feeling for yourself is that this is sustainable. 
It's not fleeting like how feelings are when we rely on external things to make us feel a certain way. So I just really wanted to share this with you guys because I want this to be a reminder for you, especially as you start your week, that you are always at cause for how you are feeling. Drop any need and drop any reliance on outside circumstances and people to make you happy. Ask yourself, maybe for you right now, it's not really Kundalini Yoga yet because you're like not really sure what this is, which in today's interview, we are going to chat all about with the beautiful Sabrina Riccio. But even if it's not Kundalini Yoga, what can you do that is going to bring you joy, that is going to light you up today and every day moving forward? Commit to those practices. Allow yourself to have that time where you can connect inward and realize that no matter what emotional state you are after, you can always create that for yourself right now. You already have the ability to create that state. So whether it's a state of relaxation, don't wait until your next vacation to feel that relaxation can you meditate today can you just be silent and be still and feel that relaxation um, or whether it is a state of pure excitement and joy don't wait for getting something on the outside to feel that way what can you do today maybe you go out and dance maybe you go for a run that is going to allow you to feel that joy and excitement so I really want to challenge you this week to think about how can you take more ownership over your states of being and over your feelings overall because this is just so powerful you guys for absolutely changing your life and on the note of changing your life I just want to remind you guys that right now I'm offering some free 30 minute light activation clarity calls these calls are very powerful in helping you understand exactly what you want to be manifesting in your next level life and business what is that next level lit up reality that you're after and to look at what is currently holding you back at an emotional level, at a limiting belief subconscious level from getting to that outcome. And together we are going to create a roadmap to get you from where you are right now to where you wanna go and chat about how we can collaborate together. So if you want in on this, then be sure to go down below and book in your call. So far, all the light workers that I've hopped on this light activation clarity call with have achieved breakthroughs or clarity of sorts within 30 minutes. And I really want this to be available for you too because I get it. I get that sometimes it can be very overwhelming when you're like, I know I am meant for so much more, but there are fears creeping in. I'm not feeling like I'm good enough. I'm not sure if I can really do this. What are people going to think about me if I really show up? What if I fail? What if I succeed? I get all of it. I get all of the subconscious limiting belief chatter because I have been there for a huge part of my life, but I'm really confident that with the tools of NLP, Kundalini Yoga, and Energetic Alchemy, that we are going to be able to look at that and help you better understand how to navigate through it so that you can really elevate into that next level. So go down below in the show notes and book in your call. And so now I want to shift gears and introduce to you today's guest that I am bringing on the Badass Lightworker podcast. You guys are going to absolutely love her because I had the pleasure of interviewing Sabrina Riccio, who is just an amazing, beautiful soul. So Sabrina is a speaker, a medicine priestess, and a soulful business mentor. Sabrina is breaking the mold when it comes to being a conscious leader in today's day and age. 
As a solistic business mentor and modern medicine priestess, Sabrina catalyzes spiritual entrepreneurs to embrace all facets of their human experience to unleash their medicine and activate their legacy. Navigating through 20 plus years of trauma, prolonged depression, and being struck by lightning in 2012. Yes, that is true, and Sabrina and I talk all about this during our interview. Sabrina embarked on a solistic journey to heal and reclaim her power. Her mission is to help cultivate a conscious tomorrow today. Sabrina believes that with her unique approach called the solistic journey, we can activate and align with our divine purpose to radiate our radness and revolutionize humanity. Through her signature program, Thrive, Sabrina guides medicine mystics on a 90-day journey to activate and align their soulful business. Sabrina has spoken and taught Kundalini yoga and meditation experiences at festivals and gatherings around the world. Amongst her colleagues and listeners of her chart-topping Sovereign Society podcast, she's known to keep it real and authentic through storytelling, her deep wisdom, and infectious laugh that keeps spirits elevated and alive. And currently, Sabrina is writing her first book, Radiate Your Radness, A 40-Day Soul Journey to Activate and Align from the Inside Out. Sabrina is an absolute powerhouse especially when it comes to kundalini yoga she is extremely knowledgeable she has been a kundalini yoga teacher for quite a few years and it's really exciting because during this interview we first of all chat all about sabrina's story how she survived getting struck by lightning which is absolutely crazy like you will listen to me and hear me on this interview going like wow that's crazy wow that's insane like non-stop and how being struck by lightning reset her life's path and guided her to her soul's purpose, her divine purpose. And we also dive into all things Kundalini because of course we would be talking about Kundalini, why Kundalini is so powerful for activating our energy in all aspects of life and how working through our lower triangle, which is basically the lower three chakras, can allow us to live from our heart space. We also chat about psychedelics and microdosing in the realm of healing and really just talk about dismantling all the illusions and all like the myths around that and finally we chat all about what it takes to unleash your medicine and shine in the world and just so much more goodness so without further ado i'm gonna let you guys dive into this interview because there is so much goodness in there and i know you are absolutely going to love it I'm so excited to have on the Badass Lightworker podcast today, Sabrina Riccio. So nice to meet you. And so yes, nice I'm so excited to be here. Ooh, I'm when I get to talk to Kundalini yogis because yeah. otherwise they're like, what is this? But when there's someone that knows what's up, we can really go deep. In I know. I always say like the first time I told one of my friends that I do Kundalini, he's like, what is that? Some kind of pasta? Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> Awesome. Okay. So let's jump into some spiritual speed date questions. First of all, what's your favorite crystal? Labradorite. Ooh. And why? Labradorite is the crystal for the shaman, right? It's very shamanic in that space. And the initiation of the shaman is to be struck by lightning, which has also happened to me. So <laughs> to me, Labradorite, it's just, I just love it. All of my, all of my priestess sisters, all of our, our favorite Crystal is labradorite too. So that's how I know like those are my people, but definitely labradorite. Mm, I think I actually have one that I don't know what happened to it. So I should definitely dig it up again. <laughs> All over my house. Amazing. And what book is your favorite spiritual staple read? 
Uh, my favorite book would probably be The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. That book just, I found that book at my rock bottom. And it was after, it was like a couple months after I got struck by lightning. And from that experience, I just had such paranoia, psychosis, and depression. And that was the book that really helped me really catapult myself to dive deeper into my spiritual path. So I would definitely say The Untethered Soul. That's really interesting because I read maybe about half of it and I never finished it, but something in me recently has been like, you should finish reading that book. Like I've been seeing it in different places. So I think it's definitely a nudge for me to go into that again. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And what was your most memorable spiritual or soul connection experience? Oh, there's so many. (laughs) There's so many. Um, I think for me, if I had to narrow it down to one, oh man, I would say probably my, what's coming up really strongly is my, uh, last ayahuasca ceremony I did. It was, um, three days after we buried my aunt, who was my grandmother's sister, and she was the witch of the family. Mm -hmm. And, um, I stayed with her when I did Kundalini teacher training too, as well. And, she was 90. And, uh, when I did ayahuasca three days later, I was like, Oh my God, I'm going into this. And the medicine had me mourn for her, like go through my mourning process in 45 minutes. Like the medicine said, you don't have time to mourn. You've been in, you've been depressed and navigating through death since you were three years old, that there's no more time for you to be stuck in that mourning phase. So you're going to go through it all now. And then at that time I felt my dog bud at my feet. He wasn't there. And I felt my twin flame holding me who we've been split for a long time. And that was crazy to me. And then once I got out of there, uh, my son came through and his name is Michael David. And he told me that he's just being patient on me. He was like, I'm just being patient. So to me, I would say that was probably one of the most powerful experiences I've been able to experience and witness. That is absolutely amazing. I'm literally getting chills and goosebumps over here as you were saying that. That is so powerful. I don't do basic bitch spirituality. I'm going in there. I love that. I love that. Give me all of it. (laughs) And what's your favorite piece of spiritual wisdom so far in your journey? Patience pays. Yogi Bhajan says patience pays. And I got this download like a week or so ago about because because I got struck by lightning, my nervous system has been shot. And the download I got is that patience is reliant on the strength of your nervous system. Because if you don't have the strong masculine container to hold the energy that's coming in, it's not going to come until you have the capacity to really hold and appreciate and honor the energy. So that patience is helping you strengthen your energy so you can magnetize those desires and what it is that wants. That's a huge breakthrough I had about, like I said, a or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that so much. And it's so true. Like your nervous system is everything. With that mm-hmm. nervous system, it's like you don't have that threshold. You don't have that container to really things and to be able to navigate through difficult times. 
Or sustainability too. You know what I mean? Like it's not about the quick fix, which is what some of our society and our generation has been because of the world of the internet. But if you want these sustainable lasting experiences, you need to make sure you have the strong container to be able to sustain that energy. Yeah. Love that. My final speed date question for you is what's the most important trait for you in a soulmate partner? The most important trait? Yeah. Hmm. I would say that patience and that understanding, you know, I think we're all evolving at certain, at our own pace, at our own level. And if someone who really cares about you and they really see you, they understand that you're unfolding based on the terms and the timing, divine timing. So to me, I think if you can be in that space of compassion, understanding that people are evolving based on their own terms, there's a deeper sense of understanding and and that deeper connection, which is what the golden age is all about. It's about cooperation instead of competition and for us to be able to um, understand that everyone's doing their best based on how aware they are of what's, what's going on. Mm-hmm. And also like one of the sutras too, I believe it's see that the other person is you. So the Recognize the other person is you. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. Love it. So now jumping into some of the exciting questions that I have for you today to really dive into your journey. So to start off, can you please tell us more about who you are, what you do in your business and how you shine your light in the world? Yes. So, hey, I'm Sabrina. (laughs) Um, I am a Gemini sun, Virgo moon, Leo rising, crazy bitch. No, just really. No, but what I do is I help, I'm here to help cultivate a conscious tomorrow today. Mm-hmm. And so I love to help people go to that, the depth of their soul to really understand that whatever experience it is that they've had to endure, there's a divine purpose to it. And again, can be more compassionate, can be more understanding to, to infuse more empathy on the planet. So right now I'm in the process of writing my first book, which has been crazy because it's about my story and my life, navigating through death and trauma for 30 years. And then being, like I mentioned, being struck by lightning and finding my spiritual path. So a huge part of what I do is I help people really understand and embrace all facets of their human experience. I call it the holistic journey where we can start to see all the pieces that we've endured, our, our challenges, our passions, our gifts, and understand that each of us are here to answer a really beautiful call to really anchor in heaven on earth and to catalyze real change on the planet. So I've been pretty excited and pretty blessed to do the work that I do and helping people really show up. I went to school for marketing and and sociology, so study of people and then how to really, from that space of studying groups of people and being the hawk perspective, how can you share your gifts through your medicine, through your offerings, through your business to really go out there and answer the call to implement change through your gifts. I love that so much. That is literally like my calling as well. So it's always so nice to meet other lightworkers who are doing this work. And specifically when you talk about medicine, what do you mean by that? Because I think for some people that's still like a new term to refer to medicine. So what does that mean for you? So to me, that medicine is the healing element, you know, like answering the call. It's that, it's that nourishment that we can offer. And so 
I, I call myself a modern medicine woman because I infuse so many other modalities of like, well, that they were using a long time too, like plant medicines or kundalini yoga or modern mysticism and all these pieces. And so when I'm talking about that through my experience, through my transmission, through my offerings and my overall energy and presence, I'm helping you come back home to you and to find those fragmented parts. So to me, medicine is to help people. It's like, it's the, it's the salve to help people come back home to them. Yeah. I love that so much. It's really about like reconnection instead of slapping on a bandaid on top, which is what I think a lot of times in the Western world, that's how we perceive medicine, right? It's like that quick fix. But this is really so much deeper. Like you said, it's not about giving you something to fix yourself. It's about helping you understand that journey and come home to yourself, which is so important. The wholeness, coming back to wholeness. And oftentimes it's not even from us. It can have been passed down from our ancestors. It's infused in our society and the conditioning. But when you reclaim your sovereignty in a a space of this is my truth, this is my experience, this is my power, the things outside of you can't disrupt you anymore because you are fully embodied. So that's the big thing that I help people do is to become fully embodied in themselves. Mm -hmm. I love that. And now let's talk about you being struck by lightning because you mentioned it a few times. I bet my listeners are like, tell us about that story. So can you please tell us more about what happened, how that has shaped your soul journey since? And what was the lesson that you learned about strength and healing through that whole process? (laughs) Oh my God. It's crazy. I've been, I've been reflecting a lot about it because you know, they say like we have a Saturn cycle every seven years where that's why like ours, our taste buds shift and our consciousness shift. And this is seven years since I was struck by lightning, seven years since 2012, right? So all the medicine that I've learned, all the wisdom, all that experience has brought me to here. So I got struck by lightning in 2012. I had a difficult LSD trip a couple months before. And from that experience, I knew there was a bigger calling for me to experience. Again, my nervous system wasn't strong enough to really take the lead because I had so much trauma and death and depression I was navigating through. At that point, I was just so numb in my life because I've been dealing with death since I was three years old when my cousin died and she was two. I'm talking a lot about this in my book as well, but um, I was going down a really dark path. I was abusing MDMA ecstasy. Um, I was in the music scene. So as a music journalist, instead of me drinking, because drinking alcohol was never a taboo, my family, because I grew up Italian, that like wine and all that part, I've never, I don't even really drink to this day. Um, But at that point, like I was finding the medicine of MDMA coming through, but my brain wasn't, Mm -hmm. I had no more serotonin really left in my brain. I didn't have time to recover and heal. So I was going down a really dark path. I split with my twin flame and um, I was seeing a lot of change that needed to happen in the world. It was around the 2012 election. And um, I just knew the way that the, that this country and the world was going, there was, it was not in alignment with what, again, the sovereignty of how I wanted to experience this life. And so I was just going down a really dark path. I was moving to San Diego for all the wrong reasons. I was driving with my dog, Bud, and a purple and white light came at my face when I was driving, melted the glass of my windshield and came out the trunk like a gunshot wound is what it looked like. 
And from that space, because, you know, you're a Kundalini yoga, you get yogi, you get it. Our aura extends out. It's not just on our body. Our aura extends out to a prop. It can reach out further when we wear white, um, but it extends out about seven to nine feet average, you know, but if you have a lot of trauma, you have holes in your auric field. And so when that energy from the lightning came through, my it came through right into my aura and it just activated psychosis, paranoia, PTSD, because my sensitivities um, heightened to yeah. the fullest where I would be going to people, like if I'd be going to events or going to places, I could feel everyone else's trauma and all the shit that they've had to, that they've been either bypassing or, you know, and then it was like, the healing the martyr in me of like, oh, I need to heal everyone. Yeah, and you save everyone. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, oh, I need to save everyone. And that's, again, another condition, especially as women, that I feel like we're really breaking through right now. And a lot of us weren't taught boundaries growing up. I feel like it's such a hot topic right now because we're coming all into our power more than ever before. And so that lightning was the initiation for me to really step into my power and not be defined by all the trauma and the depression and everything that I went. It was pretty much like the cosmos sending me a reset, energetic reset, because the way that my life was going, there was no way I would be able to be alive because I was just so depressed and so distraught and so down and disconnected. So that was a blessing. And now I can finally get to that point where I can see it was a blessing. Uh, but it's been quite a, a journey and quite the ride that even to this day, I have to be very discerning where I bring my energy and all these elements and all these pieces as to how I can really show up. Yeah, that is just absolutely mind-blowing and so powerful and like you said like that energetic reset that you needed and it's like you could not have foreseen that coming and that's the coolest thing I think is that the cosmos the universe always has that perfect way of guiding you back to exactly where you need to be and mm -hmm. sometimes it's like this quick shortcut that's like I could not have seen that coming but that's exactly what energetically right before we left Bud and I like Bud especially he was really weird like he wouldn't like leave my lap. I think he knew because dogs, they can sense, yeah, they can sense it. before. Yeah. And I just was like, I was, like I said, I was so disconnected from that space, like mentally anything at that point, because I was just, I was a hot mess at that point in my life. And mm -hmm. yeah. And then about 20 minutes after that, the lightning happened. Oh my goodness. I'm like getting chills again. <laughs> so crazy. And <laughs> How did you encounter Kundalini yoga? Was this like after and how is Kundalini Oh, this is the funniest story, actually. You're going to love this. This is one of my favorite stories to tell. So I was on Pinterest one day. Oh, no. I was on Pinterest one day and it was like a quiz, right? Like, what yoga is right for you? And I did the test and Kundalini yoga came up. And I was, oh, like, nice. I was like, wow, I've never heard of that before. And then... Um, I was in Encinitas and I was going to do a thousand hour yoga therapy certification at the studio in Encinitas. Wow. Encinitas is like the Mecca of wellness in California. It's where Yogananda came uh, from India and, you know, the um, self-realization fellowship down the street from the studio that I went to, you could feel Yogananda energy and it's like the OM capital is what they call it, right? So I lived in San Diego off and on for a long time and 
uh, I was going to, I went to the website, you know, and I was looking into this yoga therapy certification. And then all of a sudden on the website, they're like, Kundalini yoga teacher training. I was like, oh my God, that was the yoga that they told me on Pinterest that I should do. And so I signed up for it without ever taking a Kundalini yoga class before. Oh, that's crazy. Oh my God. Yeah. And then my 25th birthday, I had my first, I went there and I was like, okay, well, I just signed up. I've never taken this before. Yeah. Let me take a class. So they gave me a free class for my 25th birthday. One of my girlfriends went with me. And then a month later, I started teacher training. Wow. That's so that's how, and then, and then this is the craziest part. After I became a teacher, I was at my grandmother's house and we were making tea and she grabbed Yogi Tea. I was like, oh my God, Yogi Tea, Yogi Bhajan. Uh, this is his company. And she goes, oh, I know Yogi Bhajan. I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> Casual. I know Yogi Bhajan. And she's like, yeah, your aunt, my, I never met her. She passed away. She had breast cancer. She was my dad's aunt. She was like, your aunt was one of his first uh, donors when he came to the States. And I made him dinner before he came over to the house. And I was like, no, no, stop. No. Stop. So this was guided by my ancestors to become a Kundalini yoga teacher. And it's been by far the most powerful tool to help me strengthen my lower triangle because all of the trauma was from birth to about 22, 23 when I got struck by lightning. Yeah. Oh my God. That is just so wild that it was so guided. And that's the coolest thing is that you often do something and then you look back like months or years later and you're like, wow, all the little pieces, it's nuts. all places, who would have guessed? It's, yeah, it's nuts. I just thought, you know, there's the right place at the right time. And just again, the patience and trusting that divine flow. Mm-hmm. I love that. And can you tell us a bit more about Kundalini yoga and how it has shifted things for you? And just overall, how can people use Kundalini yoga to enhance their lives, their businesses, and just their radiance overall? Mm-hmm. So the best way that I could really grasp Kundalini is that it's a tool to really help you navigate through this time and space with more ease and grace by clearing out the energetic block it's that are within you. We're, we're doing these crazy postures that are activating different meridian points. We're having our arms up at different degrees and you, a lot can change from 60 to 45 degrees. So that's something that I've been really also seeing is that people who are teaching Kundalini yoga who haven't really been a Kundalini yoga teacher before, those are really important things to become aware of because this, they matter you know, in that space. So Kundalini is that life force energy that's stored at this, at the root of the spine and works its way up, clearing through the chakras. And I had my first Kundalini activation like a couple, like a two months before I got struck by lightning. And I had no idea what it was either. So to me, again, it was more of that life force energy coming through me to break, break through the trauma, which is stored, which creates stored energy, like trapped energy in the body. So chanting mantra and allowing my tongue to hit various meridian points inside the top of the roof of my mouth is all sending different neurons to the brain, which is going to help also heal and reset. So I've been a Kundalini yoga teacher now for five years Mm -hmm. and um, being able to share Kundalini yoga at festivals is probably the greatest blessing I can do because some people are really like, whoa, like everyone's all in white and turbans, like most of like the community, like (laughs) really off putting. But like in my class, I'm talking about like, hey, if you're on psychedelics right now, like become aware, like be careful or like, hey, I don't wear, I don't wear a turban all the time because it doesn't resonate with me, but I will cover my head with a scarf. Like 
mother Mary, you know, in that kind of sense. So to me, it's been also really important for me to not get caught up in the dogma of Kundalini yoga because there's been so many other dogmas. So I take what resonates with me and release the rest. And I told my Kundalini yoga teacher at Satnam Fest this year, actually, which was a huge step for me that I'm a psychedelic Kundalini, you know, like a psychedelic Kundalini yogi. And that was an opportunity for me to speak my truth because other than continuing to dim my light about the tools and the medicine that's helped me heal, I'm creating, like embracing all of it while also bringing in the awareness of the, of what happens because it's very intense energy. Yeah. And so we have to really be careful with this technology and to also pay reverence to the teachings to be able to sustain the medicine and the teachings that this practice offers. Mm -hmm. I love that too, because you're bringing in your own personal experience and the other modalities and medicine that you know to make it so much more powerful, but still respecting the teachings at the same time. And so when you talk about your Kundalini activation, can you walk us through a little bit about what that looks like or like what that even means? Because for a lot of people might be like, what does it mean to activate your Kundalini? (laughs) Yeah. So my first one was what really initiated the split between my twin and I, my twin flame and I, because I remember... It was, it was um, back in end of June. So this was just like a couple of months after I had like eight weeks after I had a difficult LSD trip. Mm-hmm. And I remember like the energy was so intense that I felt it at like my yoni and like the root of my spine. And I could just like feel this energy overcoming my body. And I had like deep visions of like my twin holding my child and like us riding bikes and all this shit. And he felt it too. Like, two and a half hours away. And I found myself in child's pose. And my mom's like, what's wrong with you? She had no idea. And my mom's like never smoked a joint in her life at that space too. So the fact that I was the one that had like a crazy difficult LSD trip. And then she's seeing me on the floor in this space. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know. I didn't have that awareness. And that's when I split and I told my twin, I need to heal my family because the way she reacted to me was a huge part of healing my relationship with her. And my freaking Chiron is conjunct Venus. So it's like the, that's like the ultimate wound that I'm here to help work through is my mother, like healing the wounds with my mother. And so the fact that it comes from that womb space as well is pretty fascinating that it's so much of the ancestral to me on that DNA shift. So I was, I was telling Ella before we jumped on this call, like in the past 24 hours, they've had about 15 Kundalini activations. I was even on a call with one of my clients and I was like, Oh shit. Like, I was like, sorry, I have to stop. And like, what happens for me is that my saliva changes taste and like my yoni is just vibrating kind of like orgasmic in that way. And then it just like crawls up. And then sometimes um, like I could feel it in my head. Sometimes I like my hands. It's such a crazy experience. It's really hard to explain without having experienced it before. But I know those always come when I'm about to experience massive shifts in my life because my body is preparing for more of the energy um, to come. And I'm, I'm launching this new offering, which I'm so pumped about, um, called the Mystic Planner. So it's a seven-day module. So it's for seven days, so one for every day of the week. And you're going to get a Kundalini meditation to support each day of the week, plus reflection questions and a card spread and oils and crystals to work through so you can really harness the energy of each day of the week. Because I want people to really like work smarter instead of harder going into 2012. And 
community and all these other modern mystical tools really harness that energy to unleash our medicine and to really step into our power. So because I'm creating that, I've had so many Kundalini activations since I announced it. It's been crazy. So to me, it's just more of an invitation. I think as we record this, I don't know when it's going up. It's Mercury retrograde and we're in Scorpio season and just feeling all of that too. It's just a lot of the reevaluating, reassessing all those things. So to me, those Kundalini activations again are helping me create space for the energy that's coming through. I love that so much. And I definitely want in on this offer. It sounds amazing. Like sign I'm me so there. excited about it. I'm <laughs> so pumped. That's amazing. And so the whole Kundalini practice too really prepares our body for, you know, these Kundalini activations. And so what's your favorite Kundalini Kriya at the moment? Like, do you have like a favorite Kriya or do you have like a few? What does that look like? So my favorite, the one that I've been practicing right now is Gion Chakra Kriya. This one. <laughs> yeah, this one. And you have to make sure that your arms don't go below the heart when you do this. And so yeah. I'm seeing people again, teaching this on Instagram and they're like going, I'm like, no, no, no. Like you want to keep it. Cause you're clearing out the aura and the arc line. Yeah. That's so the arc line is what helps us steer the aura and it's earlobe to earlobe and nipple to nipple for women. Yeah. Um, but so Gion chakra is just helping me really clear out all the chatter in my head. Because like I said, I, I am so mercury, like Gemini sun, Virgo moon, like my, my Taurus is in, uh, like my IC is in Taurus and Mercury rules Taurus. Like so much Mercury in my damn chart that it's, it's no accident. I'm a public speaker. It's no accident why I do these things. And for me to communicate to my truth from my truth and that highest space, Gion Chakra Kriya really allows me to clear out, uh, the mental clutter so that I can be that sacred vessel to really share the the information and the medicine that's coming from my highest self and God, spirit, universe, whatever lexicon works for you of that, of that higher energy. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. Definitely. Like clearing out everything that doesn't serve you so that you have that space to be that vessel and just mm-hmm. the message to come through. And I know that right now in your journey, you also mentioned that you're focusing a lot on the lower triangle. Mm. So- Tell us a bit more about what that is and why is it important for us to pay attention to it, to strengthen it and to heal it? Yes. Oh, one of my, my favorite topics about <laughs> Kundalini Yoga. Okay. So I know you're in Canada. I'm in the United States and it's been a clusterfuck with our politics, you know? And I mean, I know you guys are going through your stuff too. I'm very active on seeing what's going on politically with Trudeau and everything. So that's the other thing. Like, I feel like I have a huge call to answer on speaking up and educating more because these are the things that really fueled me to really, that was what I was really involved with. And then I got struck by lightning. I was like, okay, like there's something here that I really need to answer the call to. So I share that because a lot of these leaders in quotation marks, leaders that are leading this country and the world right now, they are detached from their lower triangles and they're all stuck in the upper chakras Mm -hmm. and they're detached from their lower triangles because they have so much childhood trauma. Yeah. And if your kundalini rises from the root up, right? Yeah. If your lower triangle is blocked with trauma and stagnant energy, because trauma is stagnant energy, it's repressed emotions and things that we haven't worked through, things that we've bypassed. If the lower triangle, which consists of the lower three chakras, is not open and clear, that life force energy cannot arise and you cannot live from your heart space. Mm-hmm. 
And so that heart space is the bridge between the upper and lower triangle. The lower triangle represents our physical reality while the upper triangle represents our spiritual reality. So we can't be spiritually in tune if we're just living in the upper and completely disconnected from the lower. So for me, the lower triangle is everything to me because like I said, I, the root of my trauma is from birth to 22, 23. Mm-hmm. And so that's been the catalyst of me doing the deep work. Once I learned about the lower triangle in Kundalini yoga, I was like, oh my God, this is all making sense. Like this is all the trauma. Like by the time I graduated college, I went to 30 funerals and I, I, a lot of death in my life, like a lot of death. And so if we have all the trauma, repressed emotions, all the things from our childhood, young adulthood, mm-hmm. um, and our like high school, uh, university years, we're not going to be able to live in our heart space. Yeah. And from that space is where we can really share and infuse more compassion on the world. So to me, the Lord is everything. The lower triangle is the antithesis of what I teach. Like I said, it's the most important thing to me about Kundalini yoga for sure. And I think that's why the medicine found me the way it did. Cause I was like, Hey, hello, sa, hello. This is what you need to work through to really heal, to really feel embodied, to really show up and answer the call. So, um, yeah, doing the, and like the subconscious is formed between the ages of zero and seven, which is the root chakra. The way we create and show up is during our pubescent years. And then our high school, like 16 to about 23 is, is our, is our solar plexus, which is where we feel empowered and mm-hmm. activated to really go out there. So again, if there's trauma during those ages, you're not going to show up as your full embodied self, plain and simple. Yeah, it's so important to work through that. And so what are some of the practices that you like to incorporate when it comes to healing and strengthening the lower triangle? And especially when it comes to childhood trauma, I can definitely relate because I mean, looking back on my personal journey, how I got to where I am today was definitely due to a lot of shit that happened when I was young. And I know that for myself, like the inner child healing was definitely something that has been popping up on my path. So do you have like guidance or suggestions in terms of how to heal that lower triangle mm-hmm. and especially to reconnect and to nurture that inner child? Yeah. So um, one of my girlfriends, Freedom Franklin, she does a lot about quantum inner child healing too. And there's like pieces of what she's, what she shares is like, we have to go back to those memories and, and like lather and smother ourselves like that younger part of us with the love and being like, Hey, it's future me. You got this mm-hmm. to feel because the past, the present and the future are all here. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Like all the timeline stuff. I love it's it. It's all here. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the past is what led us here. Yeah. This sentence right here is now here. That's the past now. <laughs> and the <laughs> The way that I, the way that I show up now is setting precedent for my future, right? So to heal the lower triangle and to go back to those first developmental years, like 23, you're still a kid. Let's get real. And I mean, you're 24 right now, right? Yeah. Just turn 24. (laughs) So the fact that you are just in the, really in the phase of that heart and the fact that you have this awareness at that age is great. I'm 30. So it's like, I, I've had the healing, the lower triangles again, going back and atoning the past and forgiving and to smother yourself with love to, 
um, understand that there's a divine purpose to what that's happened. So to reclaim your power from those situations. And sometimes it can be really hard to go through there. That's why, like I say, I don't do basic pitch spirituality. Like mm. I'm not about the band-aids. I'm not about the spiritual bypassing. Let's dive in deep. Cause otherwise it's going to continue to bleed into your future. And we have to do this deeper work. And that's something that I've been so passionate about. So to me, like journal writing, connecting with nature. Um, I still work with psychedelics to help me um, overcome trauma. Like I just started reintroducing MDMA again in my life after seven years, but microdosing it, I only practice microdose very little. Um, and to be able to have, cause that was the first tool that really helped me start to heal from my depression. Like before I, I did MDMA for the first time, I called a suicide hotline and like a couple weeks before that, maybe a month before that, a couple months before that. So I was at a rock bottom in that space too, of all the trauma and all the depression and all the things that I went through. So it's really good to reflect and to like smother yourself with that love. But my favorite tool is to listen to the music that I used to listen to at those ages. Mm, that's really and to just give myself permission to let loose. Like I'll put on sync, right? I was a huge sync fan and I'll just like <laughs> go at it. And uh, this one festival I taught at this year, I taught at this, um, my girl Bailey, she created this really beautiful space called Soul Palace, which is all inner child healing. So it was like one tent that she had was like all Lisa franked out. One was full of beanie babies. One was her in synchronicity tent. You know what I mean? And had one of cards, but it was an opportunity to heal the lower triangle in that space and to go back to those things that brought me joy from my childhood and, and embrace that again. You know, I think we get, we have that conditioning of like, oh, you like to drop the childhood, you know, as we get older and stuff, but we're all children of God, yeah. children of the cosmos. So we had to go back to embrace and honor the things of our past that really brought joy. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. I will totally have to practice that. going to blast some Britney Spears. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. That's for sure. I listen, I'll sing Christina Aguilera at the top of my lungs, you know, and just go from there. So to me, like that's such a huge healing part is the music. And if you think of Kundalini Yoga, the music, music is seventh dimension, right? So if you're working with these higher dimensions through music, it's also very discerning about what music you listen to because there can be darker forces coming through in that space infiltrating through music, which is what I saw right before I got struck by lightning when I was at a festival. Um, but it's really good to listen to the music that really brings joy to you and that really um, elevates you and really activates something within you from that childhood of like, oh, you know. I don't know about you, but when I was younger, my cousins, this was like before social media and stuff, right? We would make music videos. So to go back to that, like that was like our thing. We made music videos. That's how we honored our time. So I would definitely say listening to the music of your childhood is a great way to really start healing that lower triangle and to really just, as you're listening to that music, smother yourself with the love if there's any of those pains or, you know, past emotions that arise. Mm -hmm. I love that so, so much. And can we just switch gears and talk a little bit about psychedelics and microdosing? Because I'm so curious to learn more about what does that mean and how have you been incorporating psychedelics again into your journey now to help you heal? Oh, uh, thanks for asking. Because my big vision is like building this platform, you know, like writing my book and all these things, but then also educating more about plant medicines and psychedelics because there's such a stigma. And yeah. I would be lying if I didn't say that was the ma a massive catalyst in my healing to the point that 
as I write this book, I know a lot of publishers, they don't want those, that truth out there. I can't work with a publisher that's going to have me not include that in my book because it's a huge part of my healing without a doubt. So, um, I started using cannabis like senior year of high school. And even then, like, you know, I was whatever. Um, and then I didn't start working with psychedelics until my senior year of college. And like I said, it was, um, I was working with MDMA, but I was actually eating ecstasy, which is cut with a whole bunch of other things that you have to really be careful of. And I was being irresponsible with that. And I would take like three pills, like a diet. Like I was just going crazy. I was like 21, like this bitch is crazy. Like I said, alcohol <laughs> never really been my thing because I was raised around it, that it wasn't so taboo. I don't know where, you, I know there's certain parts in Canada that have like different ages, right? Or are they, is it yeah. all? Yeah. Yeah. I started drinking when I was 18 in Quebec versus like 19 and yeah, 19 yeah. provinces. Yeah. So for me, I, the alcohol was never an issue. I, my grandfather was an alcoholic and it's just, it was just never anything. I've never touched cocaine in my life because my cousin went in and out of rehab, but like plant medicines made sense to me. It was very shamanic in that space. And then even working with ecstasy. Um, so when I was working with psychedelics, it was like I said, I was at a rock bottom and that's the first time I found God, like really found, saw God. And I was raised Catholic, went to Catholic school, had to sit first pew with my, with my grandparents every week. And that was a point where I really felt like I found God within myself. And that's why I kept like taking more of the medicine because I wanted to continue to connect with God and people would know not to talk to me at that point. And then I was over abusing it a lot. I had a difficult LSD trip back in 2012. It was not the right place to set or setting. It was, um, by that point, it was the five year anniversary of my best friend's suicide that day. And she came through and it was the first time I really felt connected to her, you know, other than like through music, she communicates with me, which is, as you know, in Kundalini Yoga, the subtle body. Um, so the subtle body is what really like it can come through through music or remembrance or things because that's what lives on when we die is the soul and the subtle body. Mm-hmm. And I am the subtle body and born on the ninth. So um, I've always been very intuitive in that space. And so um, I was abusing it. And then when I started, when I hit my rock bottom in 2012 and really started to initiate my spiritual journey really deep in 2013 and stuff, I didn't touch it for years. Um, I did want, I did like, uh, mushrooms the first time in Thailand and it was not the right set or setting and I was still not good. I still had a really tough experience at that point. And, um, then I didn't touch it again. And then I started working microdose, which is a very, 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 I do very, very small, like very small, just enough to like ignite, but still have power over myself than, you know, giving it all to something outside of myself in that way. Um, but being able to microdose, especially mushrooms has been psilocybin has been an opportunity for me to really heal depression in a way, healing that depression to, um, come back home to me. It makes me really emotional when I think about it. Um, there's no accident why here in the States, um, MDMA is set to, is on like phase four of treatments to become, and now therapists are using it. And the fact that we can give this to vets is something that is incredible that, you know, there's, there's science. I just posted on Facebook yesterday. I never used Facebook. Johns Hopkins university is now opening a psychedelic ward, like section. 
So I do believe that this is the medicine of the future. I mean, I know in Canada now cannabis is legalized. It's legal here. It's decriminalized here in California legal, but still on a national level, it isn't. And in some places, um, some cities in, in the States, um, mushrooms, uh, psilocybin has also been decriminalized, which is, I just, I bawled when that happened because this is what I feel this decade coming into 2020, there's going to be the rise of psychedelics, but with conscious awareness. Yeah. Cause when it was happening in the sixties, it was so fresh that, and I've been in that space of abuse, but now like my generation who's seeing it and even the generations that were using it then there's more education and more awareness. And so for me, I know as I like become an extremely wealthy person, I will be donating my money to psychedelic research because if it can help our vets that have seen such trauma, that's, it's, a, it's nature working with us. And crazy thing, the grandmother of psilocybin, her name is Maria Sabina and my name's Sabrina Maria. Oh, I know. <laughs> You know what I mean? So shit like that, like I can't ignore, you know, and I I feel really grateful. Thank you for asking because to be able to use my platform to educate on something that I was so afraid of for so long because of the conditioning and the fear, but knowing that this is part of my, my divine purpose. And I remember I was talking to a family friend who just retired as a sheriff um, Mm -hmm. this past summer, actually, he just retired. And I was telling him about, you know, because there's still fear about it. Most definitely. Um, and I was talking to him about it and he's like, you just need to continue to stay your truth. And to hear that from a former sheriff and, and county, you know, and county defender in that way, like as a projector in human design, the wait for the invitation, it was just more of an embracing opportunity and that, that experience to be like, this is part of my truth. And I would be doing a disservice if I were to omit the pieces and the tools and the medicine that helped me become the person I am today. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. I completely agree. And I think that, you know, this is something that has been so taboo, like you said, in society, but more and more, like I've been hearing the stories around me from friends, from peers, from people online who have shared their journeys. And it's so inspiring for myself. It's definitely something that is on my list to do. I'm just waiting for the right time. I actually had two opportunities, but timing didn't work out in terms of like allowing myself the time for integration. So I was like, I'm going to wait for it. And that's the most important part right there. Boom. That's the most important the integration. Yeah. So I'm really excited to, to learn more about this and to really allow people to know that these are tools. Like when did we decide that these are scary things that are forbidden? It's the same way that I feel about hypnosis. Even hypnosis is a huge part of what Mm -hmm. I do in NLP And you see how society has portrayed hypnosis to be this big, scary thing. Like someone's going to hypnotize you, manipulate you. So there's so much fear created around. Because there are people that have abused that too. And we need to also speak that into existence. Like I get it, but this is why you need to make sure you're trusting the person. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And also like just looking at like the power of the tools themselves when used for good. So I love that so much. And thank you. For sharing that with us and <laughs> my cast is getting in the way as per usual so as you're talking about you know this being a part of your mission of your purpose I want to chat a little bit about embracing and embodying your divine mission and purpose now I know that this is something that a lot of people 
feel called to. I think now that as the vibration on this planet is raising, as so many people are awakening to something bigger, it really has that domino effect where more people are like, there's more for me to do. I can feel that calling. But often they struggle with finding out what that is, or even if they have a bit of a nudge, it's scary to let go of the old paradigms. So what are your thoughts and guidance around how can we start to really authentically embody that divine mission, even when it's scary and even when it's unknown? Oh, let me tell you, I know all about that thing called (laughs) fear and the scary things. Trust me, like being able to openly talk about psychedelics was terrifying for a long time. But what I know is that when you are doing your divine mission, you are divinely protected Mm. and that you have to continue to stay true and listen within to answer that call. And I think the most important thing about the divine mission is again, like going back to the puzzle pieces of your past. What are the things that lit you up then? You know, for me, I always knew I was a leader always, you know, in that space. And so that's how I'm answering and leading in a way of sometimes what feels like an oversaturated market. And I'm seeing people that, you know, are are abusing their power for fame, but I've lost the integrity of their teachings and what they're sharing more so about the likes. So it's really important to not compare yourself to others. I think that's the first thing <laughs> that we have to do and just to stay in your own lane and to trust yourself and to take some time away from the noise to come back. Like I did a four month social media sabbatical mm-hmm. and the only reason why I came back was because my friend Myra had a baby and <laughs> that was the only way I was going to see videos of this damn baby. Otherwise I was like, oh, do I want to go back on? Um, so I think it's, it's the biggest thing about that mission is just staying in your own lane and following the things that really light you up and answering the calls. If there's things that you're seeing happening in the world that are really pissing you off, that you have something that like is fueled within you, you got to start, you got to answer that call and you got to show up. Yeah, for sure. I think like the don't compare yourself to other people is such a big thing and definitely something that's been coming up for me a lot. And I think that to your earlier point about patience and having patience, especially for a lot of spiritual entrepreneurs who are building their soulful business at those earlier stages, trying to figure out, okay, is this my calling? How can I follow what lights me up? It can often come to this point where they're like, I just feel like I'm doing all this work and I'm not there yet. I'm feeling impatient, Mm -hmm. comparing myself. So what advice do you have for spiritual entrepreneurs who are currently feeling that? It's like, I know what I'm doing is important, but it's like, I can't help but to look here on the right and like, so-and-so is doing this thing. Like, should I be doing that? It's inevitable. (laughs) Definitely challenging. I think the biggest thing, like, for instance, what I've learned because like when I first started this, because I became a certified life coach in 2013. Mm-hmm. And so I've been witnessing this, this space for a long time, a lot of degrees. And, um, Hi. and so from that space, I think the biggest thing to do is to start sharing your story. Because again, this golden era, this Aquarian age is about connection and cooperation and I think the when you give yourself permission to share your story and the tools that have helped you, that's the first step. And to stay consistent, you know? So coming up with like a content planner-esque thing or, um, you know, bulk contenting or doing the things that can help sustain you so you don't keep burning out, I think are great tools. 
and to really harness on your soul babe that you're reaching out to and what where are they what is the bridge like what is their a to b like they're here at a working with you in the middle or you are the bridge that's going to help them get here i think those are huge components to really focus and harness in on and oftentimes the people you're here to serve are people that you once were yeah. <laughs> so you know again that's why it's so important to do the deeper work so that you can understand where you were at that time and to offer that guidance in that space. Yeah, I love that so much. And that's exactly what has been coming up for me, especially over the last week, is realizing that all of the challenges that I go through, that we all experience in our lives, on our journey, if we just kind of reframe that to look at, this allows me to have more to give to people. Because the more that I work through my own challenges, my own traumas in the past, it's like the more real life personal experience that I can then share with others and be able to heal others through that. So people want to like, I, I would say the most important thing because everyone's bullshit meter is so strong right now mm -hmm. that the most important thing you need to do for yourself and for your own sanity is just to be you Yeah, <laughs> like authentically show up as you like, don't feel like you always need to put on makeup to show up on your stories, like show all facets you are like, yo, this bitch sees me, know what I'm going through. It's just a deeper level of that compassion and that, and that understanding, you know? And I think that's the biggest thing is that I, I, I mean, I've been able to see witness of people who've like, you know, who they're taking off with their business, which is great. And I'm stoked for them, but I've seen how they've changed since they've kind of had more followers and stuff. And I think the most important thing to do is just to continue to come back home to you and to continue to be authentically you because that's what's really going to steer you uh, to a place that will magnetize the opportunities that are beyond your wildest dreams. Yeah, it, it's like it just comes back to basics. Just be mm -hmm. you, as simple as that, and really mm -hmm. making that a daily commitment. And so what do you think it takes for us to fully unleash our medicine every single day. Definitely being authentically who we are. Is there anything else that you would say is really important for that? I think the biggest thing is the authenticity and the vulnerability, most definitely. And to have fun along that too. Like do the things that really light you up. And if things feel out of alignment, drop it. Mm -hmm. Plain and simple because, I mean, the the biggest challenge being a kundalini yogi is that I'm not the same person I was a week ago. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm constantly up-leveling and evolving, you know, that. <laughs> in that space. And I'm just like, oh, so I was planning on doing this then, but I don't resonate with this anymore, and that's okay. So I think the biggest thing is just to honor your journey, trust your process, and to really embrace all facets of what makes you you. Mm -hmm. And to unapologetically show up as you and to cultivate genuine, authentic connection with the people you're there to serve. Yeah, I love that so much. And what does your typical morning look like? Do you mean mm -hmm. the morning? Like, how do you really ground and center yourself in the practice so that you can show up fully as yourself on a daily basis? So, full transparency, I don't do Kundalini sometimes every morning. Like, I haven't done it yet today because I like woke up and had massive Kundalini activations. And I was like, cool. So, I'm going to do it after this call. Um, but yeah, I have my practice after this call too. Yay. Yeah. So, to me, that's just being full transparency in that. Um, I connect with my dog. I play with Bud. I connect with nature. Um, Pretty much I don't touch my computer mm -hmm. till like 
at least 11, (laughs) unless I've got like, like I've changed it even for next year for the podcast, all my recordings and stuff, like not happening till after 11. I just, I need that time for myself to really fill out my cup in whatever way that looks, you know? Um, I listen to music in the morning that just really fuels me. I listen to music in the morning and really just go into that space. I feel really good. Um, sometimes I pull cards, sometimes I journal. So it's pretty much just honoring that space of what I'm, I'm really yearning for and feeling at that time. Cause sometimes I'll like sleep in, sometimes I wake up early. Um, that's the beauty of having a business too, is that I can honor my own energy. Um, but it all just depends on what I really need at that moment and what I'm going through. So again, it's really hard to just, I'm so, I'm so like Gemini air in that space of like, Oh, you know, but, um, yeah, I think those are the biggest things really is just like, what do I need right now? Yeah. And I think that's the most important thing is not to like stick to some rigid routine. That's like, Oh, I have to do a B and C, but really just listening to your body and what your soul needs every single day. Mm -hmm. And what keeps you going in your divine mission, especially when challenges arise, sometimes the fears, old stories might creep up. What keeps you going and going like, this is the thing that I'm here to do. There's no accident why I survived being struck by lightning. Like, oh my God, the chills are back. (laughs) I was telling my mentor the other day, my mentor, um, she works with like very, very, very high profile people. And she's actually, she married my cousin and um, (laughs) it was pretty crazy. And I told her the other day, I was like, honestly, the fact that I survived being struck by lightning and the fact that I've endured what I have and I'm still here, there's a reason why I'm still here. And I, I'm here to show up fully. I'm here to answer the call. And when I'm down feeling low, I've shifted my mindset to the space of like, whoa, this is happening. It's coming up to the surface to be healed and transmuted. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling victim to like, why is all this shit happening? It's like, there's actually, a, this is part of the process for me to transmute it for me to transform this energy so that it can start to support me. Yeah. I love that. That to me is my drive force that when I feel like, when I feel like shit's hitting the fan, it's because I'm, I'm, I'm on the precipice of something big on the other side of that. So just to remember to, again, stay patient and, you know, take time for me and just to really reset my, my needs at that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the patience is really everything. It's a lifelong practice, and something mm-hmm. that we always have to ground ourselves and bring ourselves back to like, okay, everything is happening for you. And I think that too, that perspective shift is so simple yet so profound. That's like everything is happening for a reason, and every challenge is just an opportunity to transmute it into something more powerful. And I give myself permission to cry if I need to cry. Yeah. <laughs> And screaming a pillow, I do that. (laughs) So I just give myself to really embrace what's arising. And maybe that means writing in my journal. Maybe that means pulling cards. Maybe that means calling one of my my soul squad members, you know, and just connecting on that human level. Because I I spent so much of my life alone. Like I lived 30 minutes away from my school growing up. And being in depression, I was just in my head the whole time. And as a Gemini, like, I would put up a different front that all was well because I was bypassing. And that's why I'm so passionate about educating about spiritual bypassing because I lived it, navigating through so much depression that I would I would put a front like I was okay, but inside I was a wreck. Yeah. 
And so I just had to continue to embrace myself and to love myself and to honor myself and to do the things that really boost me and really fill me up and fuel me knowing that I'm going through this because down the line, I'm going to be helping someone else through this. Yeah, exactly. I love that so much. And thank you so much for bringing that point up about acknowledging and allowing yourself to experience those feelings because same thing as what you're saying, like this is no basic spirituality shit where it's like, oh, like let's be happy all the time. It's like, no, we're not happy all the time. Even for myself, this week was a yo-yo. There are high moments and then low moments and then high moments and low moments, but really honoring yourself in those moments and going like, it's okay, you're human and you're moving through this for a reason, I think is just so. And I think it's, it's important if you are an influencer or someone who's leading on social media to show those parts too. Yeah, exactly. And I've had moments where like, especially when I lost my cat back in June, like it was the first time ever in my life where I ugly cried on Instagram story. I was like, everyone, please help me find my cat. My life is falling apart. Yeah. <laughs> and like the next day I was like, should I have done that? And I was like, you know what? That is my life right now. And that is exactly what people need to see. The transparency is everything. Yeah, a hundred percent. And that's what I always say is like, life is not always rainbows and butterflies. And that's the reality. And mm-hmm. so you would tell us more about what's coming up for you in your next level. So I know you're literally up leveling every single second, but share with us more about your book. Um, yeah coming up with that and just anything else that's super exciting coming up in the pipelines. Like I shared, the Mystic Planner is going to be released. I'm on 11.11. I'm starting the pre-sale. When when you sign up on 11.11, you're going to get instant access to the Medicine Mornings. It's a sequence that I created infusing Kundalini Yoga to really wake you up in the morning. So you're going to gain access to that. And then after Mercury Retrograde, you're going to be able to gain access to the Mystic Planner. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about that. And then writing my book, my goal is to have this done by winter solstice. Mm-hmm. And so I've got about 40 days to do it. I'm already like at this moment right now in four days, I've written 13,000 words. So <laughs> I'm like, I'm in it, you know? And for me, it's, it's about my life. Again, like it's about navigating through my lower triangle is like a huge first section of it and just going through that trauma and pain and then the initiation after I got struck by lightning and my healing process, and then waking up from the dogma of the spiritual teachings, Mm -hmm. because you have to be like this, like, this is so not spiritual, like all that bullshit. (laughs) You know what I mean? All those components. Cause I definitely was like, I was definitely, especially when I first started diving deeper in the spiritual community, like ending my emails with love and light, like all that shit, you know? Right. (laughs) people would call me out on it. And I was like, Fuck. like at that time I was like, Oh my God, they're awful. And I'm like, Oh no, they're right. You know, <laughs> and so, um, it's been a lot about, it's just my journey. And then being, being in as a spiritual, I don't even I hate the word influencer, but being a spiritual teacher in this yeah. new world, what's been, what I've learned from that process, especially having a podcast for four years, mm-hmm. it's been pretty wild to see. You know what I mean? And how, how as people become more famous, how they've changed from when I first met them and that's their own journey. That's cool. But the most important thing for me is just really embracing being unapologetically me and really breaking free from all spiritual dogma mm-hmm. Love and it. to break free from the false light, which is so strong right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the false side of like good vibes only or like all that kind of shit. 
not good, not sustainable. It's actually a darker force. It's not true, genuine Christ consciousness energy. So it's been a huge part of that and embracing my journey again from my past of like what brought me to this breath and how understanding that you have the power to put the puzzle pieces together in your own life. Yeah, that is so true. I love it. And if you were to create for yourself one mantra to reaffirm your badassery, what would it be? To reaffirm my badassery. Just slay, bitch. You know, like <laughs> that's slay. it. Slay, bitch. Just yeah. you know, like a crew neck, a sweater. Um, yeah, just like slay, bitch. Like <laughs> that's it. Like I'm I'm there to show up on unapologetically as me. I'm there to embrace because when I show up and embrace all of who I am, that's when I'm going to magnetize the the real truth. Yeah, that's when I'm going to magnetize the real opportunities and the people who will see me for me because I see myself for who I am. Yeah, and I love that because it gives other people the permission to do the same. That's totally, and I that's to me my biggest prayer for 2020. And this decade we're coming into is just I like it's been so amazing watching and seeing how you know there's like the LGBTQ community is really showing up and stepping up in that space and like people are unapologetically, you know, crushing it out there, slaying out there. And I think there's gonna be more um an opportunity for us to really step into our power. To me, I call 2020 crystal vision. And that's why the past few years have been so challenging because we're literally like polishing the diamond in the rough right now yeah. and we're really understanding that life is happening for us and not to us yeah. and that what we've endured there's a divine purpose to it you just have to continue to believe and really embody that truth yeah i love that so freaking much <laughs> It's taking me a long time to get there. Let me tell you, this is yeah, not no, an overnight the thing. Just it, though, the way that you just articulate it is like so on point, like so good. <laughs> so how can people, my listeners come hang out with you? How can they get more of your energy, learn more from you? Well, Let- first of all, Ella's going to be on my podcast in 2020. <laughs> For sure. I love having Kundalini yogis on there. Just can really go there. Um, so my podcast is called the Sovereign Society Podcast. I just celebrated uh, I'm going year four right now, which is crazy. I started it in 2016. That's oh, amazing. So crazy. I just I can't get over it. Um, check out Sovereign Podcast. You can check it out on Instagram at Sovereign Society Podcast. I'm just starting to build that one up. And let me tell you, do navigating through two Instagrams is like, <laughs> what am I doing to myself? But it's okay. It's a lot of work, but it's all worth it. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Sabrina Riccio. Um, I'm going to be building up my YouTube channel again next year. Right now I have every podcast. This is actually crazy. I'm having deja vu right now talking to you about this. This is nuts. Um, <laughs> you can check out every episode of, of the Sovereign Society podcast, the videos of it on my YouTube. Um, but then as of next year, once the book is done, I'm going to be having uh, weekly videos on there. So just look up Sabrina Riccio. Uh, you can check out my website at sabrinariccio.com. And if you're interested in the mystic planner, it's just going to be sabrinariccio.com slash the mystic planner, all one word, super affordable. And the medicine that you're going to learn from that is I'm also infusing in, uh, as a bonus inside the mystic planner, I'm giving you a taste of what you experience in my three month business alchemy experience thrive. So 
I have a whole section in there that I'm, I'm putting inside uh, the mystic planner that's called stay wild moon child. So it's, you can start working with the phases of the moon and understanding the energy of each of the phase of the moon alongside reflection questions during that time. Um, so I'm really excited to be sharing that in that space too. So when, if you're listening, make sure you tag Ella and I on like, take a screenshot of this and tag us and let us know. Um, so that and, and just see you and connect with you on a deeper level in that space. Yeah. I love that. We'll drop all the links in the show notes for you guys to check out. And definitely, I'm so excited for the Mystic Planner. I am like, oh, waiting for 1111. I know. I'm so pumped. It's been like three, four days, isn't it? Yeah. I got the download. I was up. That's the thing. Like yesterday, I was was operating on four hours of sleep and it was tough. And then I had all those Kundalini activations yesterday. And the night before, I was up till 5 a.m. just downloading all the content for the mystic planner. I was like, okay, well, there's no accident why this is coming through right now. So really great way to start preparing yourself for 2020. I just think these last like few weeks of the year always like are really great time to set yourself up for success. And so my intention with the mystic planner is to really help you slay the week. Like I just want you to energetically slay the week ahead. Mm -hmm. Love it. Thank you so much again, Sabrina, for coming on today, sharing with us your story, all the wisdom. And it's just like so great to be able to chat about psychedelics and really allow people to become knowledgeable and educated in this. I just want to take this opportunity to say thank you so much. So much love for you and a big Satnam to you. Thank you. Satnam. Oh, hey, Guru. Thank you so much for having me and allowing me to unapologetically share my truth here too. I really appreciate it. How epic was that interview? I was literally getting chills, goosebumps, and all the feels as Sabrina was sharing her story as we're talking about Kundalini activations and psychedelics. So I really hope you guys were able to gather a lot out of that interview because there was so much value and that overall you just feel very inspired and empowered from Sabrina's story, from her energy, because This woman is absolutely so freaking powerful. She is already changing the world in so many ways through the work that she does, but I am just so sure that she is going to completely revolutionize the world even more in the coming years. And my last note for you guys is that you really need to get in on the Mystic Planner that Sabrina is releasing right now. The Mystic Planner is not a typical like physical journal type planner thing, but it's basically a planner to plan your energy for every single day of the week. So you will receive a daily medicine guide to harness the planetary energy of the day alongside crystals, oils, journal reflections, card spreads, and more. Every single day, you get a kundalini yoga meditation to help you take your day to the next level. So Sabrina is going to guide you through a specific kundalini meditation every single day. And as you guys can probably gather from our conversation and from my usual content all around kundalini, this is going to revolutionize your day. Kundalini meditations are extremely potent and powerful for harnessing and activating your energy. And you will also receive an Honor Your Radness weekly calendar to check off your task list. So this is just such a powerful, valuable bundle that Sabrina is offering for only $97. So I have dropped the link below in the show notes. Be sure to check out the Mystic Planner. Get your hands on this. 
because I know that this is going to be the perfect way for you guys to dive into your journey of Kundalini Yoga to understand how to harness that energy for every single day of the week. And you are just going to freaking shine with this. So be sure to check out the Mystic Planner. I hope you guys enjoy it. And just overall, I hope you guys enjoyed this interview, this episode. When you are listening to this, be sure to share a screenshot, share a photo on Instagram and tag myself and Sabrina at Sabrina Riccio because I know that we would absolutely love to know that you guys have been tuning in. And if you don't know my handle on Instagram, it's at PSMLA. So with that, I wish you guys a wonderful rest of your week. Hope you have an amazing high vibe day and I will catch you on the next episode of the Badass Lightworker Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Badass Lightworker Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and this podcast, I would be forever grateful if you can subscribe and leave a review on iTunes as that helps more badass lightworkers find this podcast. Let's be sure to keep in touch. You can find me over on Instagram at PSMLA, on Facebook and my Facebook group, Badass Lightworker Tribe, or over on my website, PSMLA.com. I'll catch you on the next episode. And until then, go up there, shine your light, and make some massive impact. I love you.